0: What were Jesus' last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you say yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what business,
1: education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, and scriptures say about fulfilling
0: the Great Commission. So welcome back, everyone. Glad you're here with us. I'd like you to think for a moment of one of those times in your own professional life when you didn't have a clear purpose for what you were doing. Maybe it was at work or maybe it wasn't at work, it was just at home and you were working on a project and you didn't really know where to begin or how to start or what to do. Or maybe you had an employer who didn't have a vision and clear purpose. If you remember correctly, it was probably very frustrating to work for them because if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, it's almost like you can't do anything. You definitely can't do anything uh, well because we all need targets. We need something to shoot for. So what we are talking about today is how we solve the problem of not having a clear goal to shoot for. And that problem is a ministry plan. So Justin, in, what are some of the problems with not having a clear mission, especially in ministry? Yeah, so I think what can happen is if you don't have a clear mission, you
1: just start getting busy and running really fast, but you don't know where you're going and you want to look busy, you want to make sure you're pleasing other people. But really, you're going around aimlessly. And you can get a little frantic and you can get anxious too, because you never know if you really hit the bar. And Dan, I think in our book, we, you know, we used a great analogy of going on a road trip, right? If you're going, if you're getting in the car and you don't know where you're going, you're, you're of course, you're going to get lost because you have no idea where you're supposed to be heading. Um, and also, if you don't have a, have a plan, like we're going to talk about today, you don't know how to get there. So you need to make sure you have the right destination. I mean, little anecdote. I one time was going to see a friend in college, and I told my friends because I just Googled or I put on MapQuest. I'm going to Auburn University. Well, I didn't double check, but the campus I chose was actually a satellite campus. So I wasn't halfway through the trip until I realized we're going the wrong direction. So <laughs> you need to have a clear destination or else. You're going to get lost.
0: Man, that must have been tough. I bet your friends rode you pretty hard about that for the rest of the the drive. They did, and all
1: of our families who were waiting for us there, you know? (laughs) But I learned that lesson,
0: double-check your work. So why do people fail to create a plan in ministry?
1: Yeah, I think it's just because... um, you you don't think you need one. You know, I think in a lot of times in teams, and we're all excited about ministry that we're doing, if we're on a ministry team, we think, I don't need a plan. I I know where I'm taking this thing, right? We all know. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. But if you actually ask people to share where they think it's going, you're going to get as many answers as there are people in the room. So the plan is uh, not only guidance, but it's almost like a contract among the people in the room that know this is clearly what we're trying to accomplish. Because if you don't get the get the words right from the beginning, the team is going to start moving in different directions as well. Would you agree with that, Dan?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's if everyone is on the same page, then they all go in the same direction. And if they don't, it's it's actually pretty forgivable if they start doing something that's like, let's say you're the supervisor or you're the lead, and it's not clear what you want people to do. If they go in a different direction than, than where you want them to go, whose fault is that? It's not theirs because they're doing their best to accomplish what they think is important. But if they don't have direction and clear guidance and a, a kind of a goal, a target to aim at from you or from whoever's in charge, where are they supposed to go? We can't expect people to go anywhere other than that.
1: And Dan, have you have you been on a team before? And maybe some of our listeners have as well, where you didn't have something like this. You didn't have a plan. And everybody thought they were going in the same direction, only lo and behold, three, six months of working together, you realize, wait, we're we're actually not on the same page like we thought we were. You
0: ever seen that happen? Yes. I'm probably actually guilty of doing that a few times of just not being clear. It's typically early on when you're new to something and you're still learning, okay, what is it that we really need here? And so maybe you stay in that information gathering phase a little too long and you start, again, I, I love this, this, this phrase, you start answering questions that haven't been asked. And so you you think, oh, this is important. And it's almost like the game Whack-A-Mole, like something pops up and you address that. Like, here's a need, here's a need, here's a need, here's a need. need." And you never accomplish anything. You you wear yourself out. If nothing's important, then everything can start to
1: become important, right? You're like, I have to deal with that, put out that fire, put out that fire. But having clarity will help you know which moles to whack, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. So before we get into the, uh, the ministry plan and walk you through how to do that to help build the, the focus of your ministry, we'll do a quick little plug for the book. It is available on Amazon, both uh, for Kindle and paperback. The, uh, the people that we, we're thinking of right now is like, if you have friends who work for the church, if you're thinking of a, a priest, you know, or a deacon perhaps, um, or anybody who's in ministry in the church, even a, on a volunteer basis, this would be a great gift for them.
1: Yeah, or even for you know a friend or family member who you know cares about the faith uh, is maybe a sad that some might be leaving the faith and doesn't know what to do. This book will be a quick how-to guide for them to how to start something that starts bringing people back.
0: Absolutely. So we have we are going to share our next framework with you. And Justin, where do we start? Well, let's start where we left off in the last episode, which
1: was the thumb. Right, our why. So the first category there is our purpose. It's the most important thing in a ministry plan, which is why we exist. Yeah, you think about like a a purpose statement, Dan. You know, if someone said, why does your ministry exist? Well, here's what we're here to do. This is what we're trying to accomplish. It's similar. You know, you might also call this a mission statement, purpose or mission statement, but why does your ministry exist? It's basically answering the the thumb, the thumb question, you know? Yeah. You, You can go straight from the five W's into this framework next that's why they're sequential in the book as well
0: yeah so if you are if you're unclear why you exist it's probably a good time to go back to the the five w's look at that hand and just take 30 minutes i think you'll be able to come up with probably some really really good answers of why you exist and then it's great to collaborate especially if you're working in a team or to bring that to your supervisor or to other people and say hey here's what i've come up with and this can actually be a little paralyzing i think people often they get started on this and they uh perfection keeps them from getting to the the finished product. So it's okay if it's imperfect. Like just get something that's passable and then you know print it on a piece of a printer paper, put it on the wall and say, "Okay, when I get that really the way I want it, I'm going to frame it and and have it up there for good. But for now, it's okay to be a rough draft because even the rough draft is better than having nothing."
1: Exactly. I mean, that goes back to the iterative, you know, model we talked about before. Write something and start using it, and you can refine it later.
0: Yeah. So the what's our next step, Justin? So
1: next is going to be vision statement. And listen, I went to business school. I know all the jargon, right? True north, vision, mission, purpose, yada, yada, yada. Well, we chose these terms because purpose makes it clear what you're trying to write, your purpose, why you exist. Okay? And then when you hear vision, think about what you want to see. So what do you want to... See as a result of your ministry, think 10, 20, 30 years down the road. The purpose is your day to day, but your vision is your big, lofty, inspiring thing. You know, I've been a part of a ministry recently where the vision was disciples, you know, all in every corner of the diocese living as communities of faith. That's a beautiful, inspiring vision. So while the purpose makes it clear on the day to day, the vision should really motivate you to what's possible over time.
0: One of the the best visions that I can remember uh, actually like someone that I worked for and with was a school president who uh, he described his job in this way. He said, the principal thinks about the school from today up until the next five years thinking of like academic performance, everything that's right there. He said the president's job is to make sure the school is still in existence a hundred years from now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's vision. And uh, if we, I think that's, we might sometimes think, oh, we don't need to worry about 30 years from now. We need to worry about now. Well, we can do both. And if we think, well, what would we want the church to look like in 30 years and 100 years? I mean, those are those are the kind of mindsets that built the great cathedrals of Europe. Mm-hmm. Because the people who designed those and built them died before they were done. But they had the vision yep. to say, this is going to stand for thousands of years. Well,
1: let's go back to the founder of our religion, Jesus Christ himself, founder of the Catholic Church. He gave a pretty inspiring vision, right? Or, you know, in the Great Commission, he said, go make disciples of every nation. He didn't say of your hometowns. No, he said every nation across the world. At that point, they had no idea how big that was. They just knew I got to start walking. And as I find people, (laughs) I got to just keep talking until I've, I've met everyone on the face of the planet. Right. So he definitely left us with a vision. He left his disciples, his team with a vision that was awe-inspiring. And here we are 2,000 years later, and the organization, the church that he founded is still in existence, still pursuing that mission.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about that, that mission that Jesus started for us, and he gave it this perfect name where it kind of adopted its own perfect name, the Catholic Church, the universal church is there for everyone. What's so important about a name in a ministry? Well, everyone needs to call it the
1: same thing. Okay, how many times have you been a part of something where someone calls it this, someone calls it that, it needs to have the the same name and, you know, come from the marketing world, guys, names are so important. But I think one thing I would say about the culture nowadays is we have so much information thrown at us all the time. It used to be that you could do a catchy brand name and people would know to interpret it for what the thing really is. We don't even have time for that anymore. So I think the most successful things nowadays are just called what they are. You know, men's discipleship ministry, women's small group, um... You know, I think as you get into creative names like, you know, I don't know, uh, Brothers on a Journey or stuff like that, um, it can be worth it sometimes. But just be aware it takes a little bit of explanation. But if you just call the thing what it is, that can take a step away from the people you're trying to reach. Just make it easy for them to find you.
0: Yeah. And I think it just like with the the mission statement, we can waste a lot of time trying to come up with the world's catchiest name. Um, and that can sound out of date really quick. So the, the catchier we make it or the more kind of cliche uh, or not cliche, but, uh, hip we try to make it, then the, yeah. the, the more quickly it will not be, the more quickly it will be a hip name in the bad sense. No, you're right. And I think we
1: embrace that with the name of our book, go make disciples pretty clear there. And then the name of our podcast here, as I point to the logo, cause we went back and forth and said, being and making disciples, because that's what this is about. So, yeah. you know, I think I think more and more of that is is kind of happening.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you know, I wish I could point to the logo, like I can't. I have to like re- do some kind of like et thing, pointing out no. like Elliot. Sorry, right. it's
1: it's on my side this
0: There is it next. Oh, I can't switch it. Basically, the wall that. is the wall is keeping you over no, there. Man. okay. Oh, can I can I push it? I can't even figure this out. I'm I'm getting turned around. No. So. All right. So one of the next things on there is goals. And so how do goals fit in to developing ministry plan and how do we do those correctly so that they're not so small that they're, they're just like not really moving the needle at all. And they're not so big that they're actually attainable.
1: Yeah. So goals are like mile markers along the journey, right? So as I was going on that trip to what I thought was Auburn, right? Uh, If I'd been going to the right Auburn campus, uh, I could have had checkpoints, you know, hey, we hit the Florida state line. Hey, we hit the Alabama state line. That's how you know you're on track to your destination. So the goals help you know that you're on track towards achieving your vision, right? So you really need them. And we use the acronym everybody uses because why reinvent it? It works great. Smart, right? So the the words we chose for were specific. So it's clear what it is. Measurable. So, you know, when you've hit it or not specific, measurable, attainable, because it got to be something realistic without setting the bar too low, then relevant. I love that we chose relevant because it's got to be aligned with your mission. And then T is time bound, because say on that road trip, I knew I should have hit Florida by 4 p.m., right? If I if it was 6 p.m. and I hadn't hit Florida's state line yet, I would have known something was wrong. So basically the goal is keep you on track towards your vision.
0: Yeah, and I, I would say among my favorite in there are it's probably um, specific because it's really, really. If you're going to spend time whittling anything down, it should be here specific to make sure that we are we're clear on what we're trying to do, so that we know what success looks like and we know what failure looks like because we don't want to accidentally stumble into failure because we weren't clear about what we were trying to do. And the next one is relevant. This one I think is, is perhaps one of the, the easiest ones to go astray on. And I'm not sure why I haven't put a lot of thought into that, but one, here's one thing I'm thinking of. So with respect to um, catechesis, like children's catechesis, it's pretty common to have a, some kind of test where we assess children throughout the year of how much they've learned. And there are companies that charge a lot of money to measure this. So, there, I mean, there's like paper and pen tests, or you can go online. And we're talking tens of thousands of dollars to do this. And we have to ask ourselves, what do those tests measure? And are they measuring something that's connected to our mission? In other words, when we find out what those tests tell us, does that let us know that we're succeeding anymore, or does it help us do our job better? And with with those tests in children's catechesis, I believe they do not. I don't think they're helpful because they tell you how much someone knows. But I mean, this is right from scripture. Like I mean, Saint James, even the devils believe, or the devils have faith and they're not necessarily the, like, they not necessarily, they are not disciples of Christ. And so what we're not trying to do is create little encyclopedias. I, I think that's actually a little bit of a reincarnation of the Gnostic heresy, mm-hmm. that salvation comes from knowledge. That's not our faith. Salvation comes from Christ, not knowledge. Now, of course, it's wonderful, it's beautiful to know everything about God's created world, and that's that's where the university system came from, because of the great love of truth that the the medieval Christians found in the world. But what we really want is people who love God. So that's what we should be measuring. So the goal, we should say things like, you know, the goal of this is we want people who maybe when they started this, they said on a scale of one to 10, my interest in in loving God is a two. And then success is anything above a two when they yeah. take the survey again. Now, hopefully it's a 10, but even a three is better than a two.
1: Well, I think even, you know, from free response, you can you could learn a lot, too. You could ask someone, you know, how would you describe God early on and then later? ask them the same question, you know, I think so, you know, but you're not looking exactly for content. You're looking for more relational aspects. So, um, now Dan, and I, I think, you know, um, one thing that's wise about the church is, uh, folks may not know this, but the church came up with the term devil's advocate for the cause of canonization, right? Cause you need a naysayer in the room. So you don't want to do these things in a vacuum, especially making your goals, that's why we emphasize working in teams so much because our Lord emphasized working in teams. Next episode, we'll talk about team charters, which is another framework in our book. But in your team, you want to create the goals together and maybe ask someone play the devil's advocate or at least have that one person on the team that doesn't waver because you know what's really easy with goals is you either make goals that are too easy or also goals that just cushy goals that you know you're going to reach and make you feel good about yourself. I'm really? Guys, it, Who cares if 40 kids were confirmed? What I care more about is one year later, are they still involved willingly in youth ministry? That's what's gonna really tell you if you were successful. You know, We did a men's conference out here and I'm like, I care so much less about how many show up that day. What I care about is how many new small groups started six months, nine months later in our diocese. Then we'll know we were successful. So it's good to have someone on your team that doesn't sugarcoat things. I got a guy in this diocese who's great. He does not mince words. He cuts to the chase. And you need people like that on your team to hold you accountable. Because I don't know about you, Dan, but when I'm making a diet plan or an exercise plan, I think you're better about this than me. But I tend to take the easy way and say, "Uh, you know, three times a week is pretty good. What are you striving for? You know, and you're going to set goals that that align with that. Thus, the goals align with the vision.
0: Yeah, yeah. And say to to balance that out a little bit um the and this kind of gets into that that last point um when we're starting so we might have these great goals so if we're thinking like a 30-year vision um, again don't overestimate what you can do in one year and underestimate what you can do in one and underestimate especially what you can do in 30. Um, but when it comes to launching a good thing to keep in mind is and you introduced this to me justin was minimum viable product can Mm -hmm. you share a little bit about what that means (laughs)
1: Yeah, I spent some time working in IT consulting, but when you have a new IT product you're developing, uh, you have someone typically in agile methodologies this is a form of developing software that's called the product owner. They they harness the vision of what this thing can do. So, for example, say you were developing a new computer program that could track the weather. Well, the product owner might say, okay, I want it to be able to tell me the humidity, the the temperature, um, you know all these wonderful things have a storm and weather radar and all these wonderful things but you need to decide what's the mvp the minimal viable minimum viable product to get to market because you could have every bell and whistle you wanted but you need to know hey if i had to just get this thing out the door to customers what's the what what's like the must-haves and that will keep you focused and also know when, let you know when you've arrived, but also as you go through any plan and you know this day and everybody knows this, you run into bumps, things that weren't expected. So you have to have your non-negotiable that you say, hey, come, you know, come, at, come whatever. I know this is a must do. So, so goals really help us crystallize what are the minimum viable products, if you will, of our ministries
0: yeah absolutely so yeah, i remember even when we were we were planning this we we kind of had all of these grand ideas and we said okay now let's focus like what's the the main thing we need to do and it was really just the book and the podcast and we said, let's just do that.
1: well the other thing too is you and i really want to do the podcast like we, we knew we had to write the book we we're like oh, we really want to do a podcast but we had to take ourselves back like, and we were like finish the book first it was almost like when you finish the book you have permission to start the podcast yeah. right so, so that can happen too as you prioritize your goals too right you should just have 20 goals and say these are all our goals yeah keep it to like three to five goals but also have them prioritized. because you want to even looking at those three to five i bet you if you really pressed each other you'd say well we have three to five but really those one or two are the essentials so you want that clarity
0: absolutely you know i think if like you said earlier if everything's important nothing's important so like if you have more than three to five goals then like condense some of those and drop them down um because otherwise you're just not that's a good exercise as a team
1: force force your team say okay guys if we had to get rid of one goal what would you pick um those are good conversations because then it lets you know on your team who really cares about what really matters to this team and but remember 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 what we talked about last episode It ain't about us, right? The vision reminds us who we're trying to serve. So always have these conversations analyzing not what we as the team care about, what's really going to help achieve our vision, which, which should be centered on the
0: people we're trying to serve it's kind of funny, what, uh, what came to mind when you talked about a whole team gathering together to review goals was like everybody crossing out everybody else's goals. Like, this was, you no, know, mine's really important, but like those, we don't need our goals. Doesn't that happen in teams? Well, I recommend teams should be odd numbered
1: because so- some, sometimes things just do come down to like a vote. And that's the Catholic virtue of obedience, you know, that whoever is the chair, you know, you just sometimes you have to have that veto power on things. Um, and, th- and that's that's the beauty of our faith and, and obedience. That you know, from the pope to the bishops to the priests. Because imagine if everybody got to pick the goals and everyone's running after different goals, you'd look like a mess. So you do need you do need a little bit of structure there, from top down.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's it for the ministry plan. So to review, what you want to do is first figure out why does your ministry exist? So that really flows right from the the five W's and that thumb, keeping or knowing your why, always keeping a grip on your ministry. And then what you want to see as a result of your ministry. That's the vision, looking forward into the future. And what will everyone call your ministry? Your name. Be consistent and make it easy so that everyone knows who you are and you can begin building that identity. Uh, next, pick some goals, three to five what are the the key areas you can always readjust these later, but these should be directly tied in to your purpose. So if they are not relevant to your purpose, get rid of them and make new goals. And then finally, uh, just come up with a plan for how to begin and and figure out what is the minimum viable product. You can always add in phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, uh, but come up with a minimum, minimum viable product and launch.
1: Absolutely, Dan. So, folks, if you like what you heard today, if you think it's helpful to you, uh, please share with others involved in ministry or that are interested in ministry and also check out our book. It has all these frameworks um, and and deeper explanations on these things. And it really is a quick how to guide and something you can walk through to check on the health of a current ministry or when starting something new. So uh, the book is Go Make Disciples, available on Amazon as paperback and Kindle. And we also ask you, please leave us a review on the podcast or on the book. And if you leave a five-star review, please leave a comment or question there and we'll be sure to address it in a later episode.
0: Yeah, we would love to love to handle any questions you have. So pop them right in there with your five-star review. God bless.